Welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, April 17th edition of the pod. And Jake, now that you've had a couple of days here to let it sink in, all the news that occurred over the last few days, how are you feeling? How's the how's the vibe check? The vibe's great. The vibes cannot be better. I, I've I, I went into work today and someone asked me like how did uh how do you feel about the Ducks uh finishing last in the league? And I was like, fan stoked tastic. <laughs> Could not be happier about it. And to be honest, he was telling me he has some friends in a group chat that are both Ducks and Sharks fans. And so they yeah. were just going back and forth about who could be worse. So he understood what was happening. And so, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's exciting. I mean, this is such an exciting time. I think that uh, you look at, obviously, the draft situation, and it's hard not to, to focus on Connor Bedard with the fact that they're going to get one of him, Fantelli, or most likely Leo Carlson. The fact that there's going to be a new voice coming in, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and potentially one that really drives this team. And there was some conversation today in our Discord and uh, about kind of with adding, let's just say they win and get Connor Bedard, and they add a coach, and they're a high-end coach, uh, how they end up doing with the team. How many more wins does this get the team? <sighs> and, well, here's my, my opinion. Not necessarily on the Ducks. This is just in general. Um, I think a good like a coach can either win you or lose you ten games. Ten. I I think a absolutely piss poor coach can lose you ten games. Yeah. And a very absolutely great coach can win you ten games. And the rest of that just comes from your roster. And so I think all things considered, if you get Connor Bedard, you add all a couple of other pieces and you get a good coach, the high end is the Ducks could gain 20, 20 wins. Yeah, I mean, it's not unheard of. You see big turnarounds year over yeah. year. I mean, look at the Devils this year. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I so, think I think the thing we should we just shouldn't lose track of or sight of is the fact that this is this is like a massive turning point for this team. Like, yeah. I I, fe- I feel like we're finally reaching this point where it feels like there's even more distance between the the team as it currently is and the kind of Bob Murray past. You know, you 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 don't have the same coach that you had. You're going to bring in a big name talent in the draft that's going to change the dynamic of your roster. You're going to bring in a new coach that is not a Murray hire. I just think that this is like a really big turning point, just overall for this franchise. Yeah, like and, and sometimes when I'm driving is when I like do some weird thinking, and I can I can like distinctly remember the moment that. Randy Carlisle was fired. Wow! And driving home and being like, which, which time? The second time. Okay. And being like, he's gone, and it was almost like a breath of fresh air coming in of, no more Randy Carlisle in this Ducks organization, and I don't think I had that moment when the Bob Murray stuff came out because of everything that came out afterwards and and what was behind all of that, but. I feel like for a different reason, that's where I'm at right now. Also, obviously Dallas Aikens, I think you, there are some conflict there in terms of the person, but at the end of the day, this is going to be a new voice moving forward that really is able to drive this team. And this is a big turning point for the franchise and it's a breath of fresh air, a lot of excitement around it all. And so while maybe they're not going to get 20 wins better, but they should get five to 10 wins better. At least I think that that's on the very low end also. 
I, I think there is a lot more wins than five that will be coming their way if they make a big improvement uh, behind the bench and just behind the bench. Yeah, they they're going to like. It's not really a, a, a that big of a take, but they're going to be better next season. Yeah, they 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 just have to be by default. But if you just think about it, they're probably going to have a better coach. They're going to have more talent on the roster with whoever they add through the draft, and then. Like we we keep talking about it, but the young players are going to continue to improve. Troy Terry is entering his prime, and on top of that, we don't know what kind of moves Pat Verbeek is going to make. Maybe we have a little more skepticism now about how those moves will play out, given how last summer's moves played out with Ryan Strom, John Klingberg. But I think what what Pat Verbeek has at least shown is that he does have a bigger picture plan, and at least so far he's he's stuck to it. So it's. It's hard to it's hard to really overstate just how much how much better I think this how much more competent this team is going to be next season. Like, like yeah. this this was an all time bad NHL team. Yeah, they really were. And so I mean, you have that. You have also I mean, just internal improvement. Like, there's a whole lot of things that that are going to be going well for this team next year. That while maybe we're being a bit too positive right now, which is what we were yeah. maybe a little bit of guilty of last year. But right now, I think. It's a very it's okay. exciting time, and it's okay to have a little bit of positivity going around after the season that happened and, and look at this through at least a little bit of a glass-half-full lens. Um, and we need to obviously what obviously see what moves happen in the offseason to really put together a full-blown opinion. But I think things are trending in the right direction right now. And well, on the draft alone, just on that alone, on, on, on having the last place, like that already is a huge positive. Yeah. And then you throw in the fact that there's going to be a coaching change, and it's like, okay, now you can start getting a little creative uh, with with how this might look. Um, yeah, there there was some discussion about the Ducks on Thirty Two Thoughts, which we always pay attention to because that's always a way to kind of glean what the inside info is. And honestly, not a whole lot to really report back on. Not a whole lot yeah. to really say. It feels like it's just kind of the same old, same old. Of, of John Gibson would like to play for a winner of you know, they, their blue line needs to get better. Like it, it wasn't the most enlightening stuff, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I think it just was more of the kind of standard public narrative about this team that you you've heard of. What did you expect from the Stucks team? They were trying to be bad this year. Yeah. Uh, all this type of stuff there is just kind of wrong. Um, I, I think that you can say that once the team, once 20 games passed, I don't think that Paverbeek did anything to try to improve the team. And I think that was by design, but I don't think the intent was for them to ever be this bad, especially when you hear Pat Verbeek talk. And so the comparisons that they made of the ducks being in the same position as the Blackhawks, where it's not going to be about winning for a while. That that's just not true. Yeah. It just like, feels like, you know, it, it's just not the fact like the ducks have been drafting high for five. This will be what? their fifth year of having a top 10 over top 10 pick. Yeah. 2019, 2019 would have been, 20, would have been the yeah. first. So this yeah. will be year five. Yeah. I mean, man, Zegers, Drysdale, McTavish, uh, Minchikov, Minchukov, and now Bedard slash Fantilli slash like, Carlson. Like with those guys there, like that is a team that should not be in the, the rebuilding mode anymore. They should, or I guess that should not be in the tear it down bottoming out that should be a team on the rise starting next year 
No, and and yeah, and they 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 were kind of discussing Pat Verbeek's comments, and I think, of course, Pat Verbeek won't come out publicly and say that he expected his team to be bad or he expected his team to be rebuilding. But I think that the fact that he said that, you know, he expected this team to compete harder, the fact that he he expected them basically to to, to be more competitive, that tells me that this season the way it played out was never like plan A. This was never, I think, what they were going for. Yeah. And I mean, he said it himself that he was expecting what was it, and when the very first beaker came out. Yeah. And it was 18 to 19 games in. And he was like, yeah, I was expecting this team to be closer to 500. Which on paper, are we are we still going to double down and say that they should have been closer to 500 on, on paper? No, because I think, I mean, I, I was actually going to bring this up. So it's funny that, that you mentioned this. But um, the the twins, the Evolving Wild Twins, put out the preseason versus actual team points. So in terms of preseason models um, and looking at the average, so they, they track, I think it's, let's see, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There's like 13 models. Um, and they take the average of those and, um, and, and then look at where the actual points ended up. And so the ducks through all those models, the average was 82.4 for their uh, average preseason uh, points mm-hmm. from those models. And the Ducks ended up with 58 points on the season. That is yeah. the largest difference uh, between a the preseason projection model and where the team ended up. And of 24.4 point difference. So that's a massive difference between the two. Um, yeah. And I think that just goes to show that on paper – this team should have been better. And and there are teams that on paper were also poor or not as good or much better. Um, I mean, you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, minus 20.1. And same conversation there. Everyone expected the Blue Jackets to be better than they were. On the plus size, the Bruins were 33.5 points above where they were expected to be at 101 points. Um, And they end up at 135. And so there are going to be these extremes, but those extremes kind of tell you that these are a little bit out of the ordinary and they are a little bit have extenuating circumstances, a little bit of luck, maybe on the Bruin side of it, um, stellar goaltending for them on the duck side, poor, poor, uh, poor coaching that led to uh, awful defensive zone coverages and led to them constantly in their own zone in a way that could not have been expected. Yeah. I just think that you can, you can hold the opinion that John Klingberg was, was maybe not, nearly as good as we forecasted and that he was going to have this drop off. But even still like that doesn't explain everything about how bad this team was defensively. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hey, yo, D flow in our, in our Twitch chat brings this up and I think it's a good thing to, to bring up, but it's probably a combination of the ducks underperforming, which is the biggest factor, uh, but also the models being flawed, which is a lesser factor. I mean, what's the flaw though? I mean, what what are, what are we saying is the flaw that that is causing this this disparity in projection versus outcome? I mean, yeah, there's no perfect model. Like we don't treat this stuff as gospel, but it's just more of a snapshot of what's this team's ta- talent level relative to the rest of the NHL. I mean, let me ask you this: If Daryl Sutter is coaching this team, or just pick pick your average coach who's really good at driving uh, defensive results. What does this season look like? I'd say they probably are in the, the low 80s in terms of points. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that, that high, but I think that they're they're just, at a bare minimum, they're not a tire fire. 
Yeah. Like they might be a team that struggles to score. They might be a team that isn't great defensively, but they the the competency to me would just be a lot higher. So yeah. we're being asked on in our chat here, which I'm very curious about. Um by the way, I didn't I don't want Daryl Sutter coaching these ducks. It's just more of a hypothetical. Um Jake, you looking up constantly at your TV is just really it's just a very funny visual cuz I keep I guess I keep thinking that you're like you're like Someone, reacting to what I'm saying or you're you're no. like you're like eye rolling at what I'm saying, but <laughs> nope. I keep not. looking up to see the scores. Okay. Um Yeah. Well, so we're being asked to look at Max Contois' Instagram. Oh, yeah, that, and, and that's decipher, why I went to Instagram. Decipher its meaning. And Max Contois posted a picture of him wearing his usual pregame attire with... Can I can I ask a question real quick? What's with okay. the top hats? What's what, what's with those big hats? The, the, they're not even really cowboy hats. They're, they're like musketeer hats, I guess. Minus the feather. It, it's a top hat. Well, top hats to me in my head is like higher than that, like Abe Lincoln top hat. I think it's a, a good look. I I'm, think it's a good look. I, I think it's a it's just a strange, strange. What look. what do you make of the caption? If we're but the caption, overreact. the peace sign. He put a peace sign. This is like NFL Twitter esque levels of uh, social media sleuthing. But I mean, the season's over and he's piecing out for summer. I don't know. That was his first post since January seventh. Does he want does he want it to be known that he's done in Anaheim? Yeah, I mean I guess. Do do you want to quickly predict if uh if if the Ducks will qualify him? I think it's most likely that they don't. I I still want to see him with a with a different coach. Oh, do you want to just our Twitch chat's just giving us a lot of things to to relay here. I guess Pavel Regenda liked the the Dallas Akins uh, firing co- uh, ID oh, post. Oh boy! Wow, that is that is actually well. What did he? Which post was it though? Was it like the the like heartfelt message? Was it like thank you, coach? Was it the Ducks announcing it? Which which element of of it is he liking? Is my now, question. Now, uh, it may have been the one that said thank you, Dallas. Yeah, would be yeah. My guess. It, it, unless it was just purely like Dallas Akins will not be renewed as, as yeah, head coach. Yeah, there, there's no Instagram post with that. It's just simply thank yeah. you, Dallas. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not putting any stock into that. I'm not besmirching Pavel Regenda's name and implicating him in a in an Instagram feud. Yeah, with Dallas Akins, who does have an Instagram, by the way. Even Wilderwing saying that uh, to be fair, Pavel Regenda likes every Instagram post ever posted. That's fine. We're we're yeah. not we're not like shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did want to cover though real, really quickly. Yeah, the Ducks. We we talked about it on Friday a bit, but the Ducks. One of the biggest, at least one of the the, the main names that we've heard rumored to be next for this team behind the bench is one Matt McIlvain. And for those who don't well, know, to be the rumor is him behind the AHL bench. No, the the rumor is. De- I mean. Elliot Freeman said that the plan would be for him to be behind the AHL bench and then eventually be the Ducks yes, head coach. Sorry, but I just want to make make it clear that the rumor as of what we've heard is that he would go to the goals with a long-term thing of him being the long-term Ducks head coach in the future. Yes. Yes. But but like he he is a candidate. He's the only known candidate for being behind the Ducks bench in any yes. in any timeline. Yes, that Verbeek has specifically. Uh, we don't have any other actual yeah, NHL the, the, possibility. The Greg, the Greg Cronin thing that was thrown out by Elliot Freeman was very much 
Uh, just so, pure- someone someone told me that the Ducks could potentially give him a call, and someone told me that he would be a good fit with the Ducks. And so it was a lot of that type of stuff, not actually saying that I've heard Verbeek really likes this guy. Yeah, no. No, the Matt McIlvain thing is actually like a source, yeah. like, hey, they yeah. like this guy. They see a yeah. future with him in, in the NHL. Yep. Oh, my God. The Warriors just missed a wide-open layup. Um, okay. But Matt McIlvain, though, is a very intriguing coaching candidate for me. And and luckily for us, if you go on YouTube and just type in Matt McIlvain, there's actually a ton of... A video content about Matt McIlvain because he was he's been coaching in Europe both in Germany in Austria and those teams put out a lot of content and he's also given some speeches uh, some talks at different coaching symposiums and I think the biggest takeaway for me watching Matt McIlvain there, there's a two highlights the, the number one is that he's very big on setting up we often hear about you know set a set a culture set a standard blah blah but he's very systematic about how we want to set up our team's culture. And he gave an example of before the season, polling the players and, and asking them, what kind of team do you should we be? What kind of team do you see us being? What kind of player do you see yourself being? And just using all of that information, all that data to then kind of collectively decide what kind of team are we gonna be? What kind of standard are we gonna hold ourselves to? And I don't really think I've ever heard a coach in any sport give such a like, granular way of setting up a team culture and expectations. And I found that very interesting because his teams have been very successful in Europe and maybe it has nothing to do with that, but I, it's, it seems like the guys who play for him seem to genuinely enjoy playing for him. Uh, The second thing that really stood out to me is that kind of his biggest thing, his kind of like his identity as a coach. and, And he talked about this in relation to his assistant coaches as well is that, they're hockey nerds that they that they just love spending as much time in the video room, cutting clips, analyzing the game, analyzing systems. And man, if you're if you're a Ducks fan who's had to deal with maybe a team that's the most devoid of systems for the last few years under both Randy Carlisle and Dallas Akins, that should be music to your ears because this guy clearly is all about the X's and O's. He's had success with it. Yes, it's it's not the NHL, but I don't know. I, he's only 37 years old. I, I said this in our Discord, but he kind of reminds me of Sean McVay in, in the mm-hmm. NFL. The way he speaks where it's just there's just so much charisma behind what he says that you're just forced to listen. I remember when, when Sean McVay first got to the NFL, and I mean, I think he was only 30 or something like that. But I remember thinking, ah, like, what is this hire? Like, so bizarre. But then I watched a video of him talking to the players, and, and I just understood it immediately. Like, this guy just has a magnetism to him. And I really feel that way about Matt McIlvain as well. And that's why on Friday's pod, I was a bit uh, just worked up because I think that this guy has so much potential. Why why waste a couple of years in the AHL? Just get him in the NHL right away. But a lot to be excited about with, yeah. with this Matt McIlvain possibility. Yeah, and, and I mentioned this, I think, on yesterday's episode when we did a Patreon episode. Um, but I'm not sure if they would actually go for that route of putting him in the NHL. And I almost think in some ways by saying Dallas Akins views him as an NHL, because that's more or less what, what Elliot Freeman said, is that maybe there's a thought that he would be the long-term Ducks head coach, but uh, Pat Verbeek really likes him and believes him in him and um, sees him as a long-term NHL head coach. Yep. And... I think in some ways for Verbeek, it's almost like a feather in the cap if he's able to find him 
and bring him to the AHL, and then he becomes an NHL head coach, even if it's not with the Ducks, because he he was the one that was able to find him and adds some credit to his ability to find coaches. And so I think that maybe that's more so the thought there. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I think it's an interesting hire, and I think it would certainly be one that would be um, – that would be out of the ordinary, not what you would fully expect. But I'm here for a 37-year-old coach. Like, I'm here for someone that's not gone the beaten path. Like, how many guys that have ended up becoming coaches in the NHL went over and cut their teeth in Europe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, typically it's, you know, a former player who then become former NHL or who then becomes a assistant on an NHL bench, you know, and kind of works his way up that way. I mean... Matt McIlvain was a minor leaguer for years, tore both of his ACLs, and which just sounds miserable. Yeah. But had his playing career cut short and, I mean, found a way to get back into the game and to be really, really successful in Europe. And I think that that's the distinguishing factor to me with Matt McIlvain and Dallas Akins because if you'll recall back when Dallas Akins was the coaching candidate for the Ducks and he was not yet the Ducks coach we were all enamored by the way he spoke by you know some of his success in San Diego but at the at the end of the day Dallas Akins was still a very similar archetype where he was a former NHLer who was finding some success at the AHL level but had been previously an NHL coach right he was not nearly as outside the box as um as as Matt McIlvain is right now he already yeah. had NHL coaching experience in Edmonton and then prior to that in, in Toronto and the AHL. So, yes, maybe we're being sold a bill of goods, but I think that Matt McIlvain is just so different in terms of his path to this position. And he's also had a lot of success in Europe, and I think more so than what we saw with Dallas Aikens in the AHL. Now, you could argue the AHL is a tougher league, blah, blah, but yes, there is that similar track of, hey, they both – speak well but i think it's the things that they say that are that are different for me here on top of what i just said so yeah and, and an just exciting the, an exciting prospect just for those wondering uh when he was an assistant coach at uh in munich they won the del three straight years i believe yeah, the del is a good league yeah and then basically he went and got a head coaching job in the austrian league and i believe last year 21 22 the, uh, his team won the championship. Um, so there's that. So yeah, they won the championship last year of that league. Don't really know what the standings are for this year, but, uh, yeah. So he, he's definitely become a very, very good coach. He's one that has gotten results from his team over there. Uh, looks like last year in 49 games, 24, 10 and nine. Uh, oh, they have overtime wins and overtime losses also as part of this in different ways but regardless very good coach um someone that's really created a bunch of wins for his teams and brought championships to his team yeah and like the del is is no joke it's it's not on the level of the khl probably not on the level of the shl but it's it's one of the better european leagues um austria is a bit of a step down but i think austrian hockey has has been on the rise in the last few years you're seeing more and more good young players coming out of there um, I mean, even this year, D- David Reinbacher is probably the best defenseman in the draft. You had Marco Rossi a few years ago. So Marco Casper, I think, was last year. So Something like that. You're seeing a lot of talent come out of Austria, and they're really investing in, in their academies, which is not a thing here, but they 
is is something that I'm sure you're happy to hear. They'll remind you of European soccer. They have mm-hmm. actual academies where they can groom young players and bring them up. So, yeah, and I think to to a point that I'm seeing here in our chat is like it's just it's encouraging to see Verbeek looking this far out of the box. You yeah. know, I guess the other name to touch on here really quickly is Greg Cronin. Yeah. That has not actually been reported as linked to the Ducks. Yep. It's That's just, what hey, I mentioned. Yeah. hey, wouldn't be surprised if this guy came up. Yeah, and, and that was in connection with the Ducks, not with the goals. At least that was my read of what Elliot Friedman had said. Um, and the weird thing is is that it was that he would be a teacher um, for the group, and that doesn't really jive with what Paverbeek said from his media call. Right. Like, yeah. Paverbeek did not he did not mention that he needs someone that can teach these guys. He needs someone. He's like, our compete level is not where it was at. Our defensive zone structure was not where it was at. Like all these things where it wasn't what it. it, Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily see the fit there, but we'll see. I also do want to touch on a comment in our chat, which is very fair, which is that Salzburg is owned by Red Bull and they're, they're like the biggest club in Austria. And so you know, winning the championship isn't necessarily like, it's not like winning a Stanley Cup, let's just say. You know, the the budgets in, in European hockey definitely dictate who the big clubs are and who aren't. Yeah. But, I mean, you still got to you still gotta win. Like, you still got to find a way to win. You still got to make your players better. And so, yeah, we can't treat that as necessarily, oh, yes, on that alone, he's guaranteed to be a, a great coach. But I'm just looking more at the totality of the factors here. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else that you want to add? Nope. All right. So uh, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. So uh, I think it's uh, agreed that there's really no better way to watch sports than going to games live and in person, whether that's hockey, whether now that summer's here, whether that's baseball, whether that's MLS, whether that's however, whatever sport you want to watch this summer, whether it's someone that wants to go to a playoff Kings game, right? Because, yeah. I mean, playoff hockey is still fantastic. Maybe you want to go Connor see. Connor McDavid? Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers play live. And that's where 714 Tickets comes in. 714 Tickets is a locally owned ticket company in Anaheim that never charges you taxes or service fees. Unlike StubHub or Ticketmaster. They're located right in front of Honda Center and also pretty close to Angel Stadium. But they also have a website, 714tickets.com, where you can earn 5% back in rewards on every online purchase. So to recap, you can see your favorite team play, or you can go see McDavid play, like we talked about, uh, and you can pay no fees, and you can earn rewards back for future purchases. It really sounds like a no-brainer. So shop your sports tickets at 714tickets.com, or stop by their office for a more more personal feel. Check them out, and use the code CTP to get 10% off your next purchase. Alrighty, so... Back half of the show. We're keeping this one a little shorter today because I think in the last three days we've provided about three hours of podcasting. This is, yeah, this is number three in four days. You know, we're grinding here. Also, big shout out to Karen in our in our chat here saying uh, she's checking in, longtime subscriber, and loves our new haircuts. So Jake, you know, you're you, I did you, get a haircut recently. You've got the spiffy maybe she's referring to past videos where you're not wearing a hat. Yeah, I don't know if I if I uh, describe what I have as a haircut. It's more of just this is life now. Uh, 
this is this is what happens as as men age. I'm I'm carrying the hair game for us. Yeah, as I yeah. wear hats most episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I'm a big my hat one guy. my one regret in life is probably that when I did have hair, I I wore hats all the time. So, just just putting that out there for you, Jake. You don't know what I mean, you have till it's gone. I mean, the hair's there. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> as he unfurls his his locks yeah you know rubbing it in a little bit all right want to yeah, get in some fine. questions we're gonna start so this is gonna be a heavy q a episode our our topics were primarily what we just ran through um seeing us like we said three episodes in four days but part of the fun is always asking or answering your questions and yep. so we threw in the call for questions both on twitter and on discord and we'll obviously get to the twitch chat we'll get to the youtube chat everything from there but we obviously always want to start with our Patreon Discord. So, uh, we are going to start with this one. This came from uh, FD261. said, great pod yesterday. One of you mentioned that if the Ducks get first overall on May 8th, the Bedard jerseys will ro- be rolling off the presses. Assuming none of the jerseys are safe except maybe the orange third, which Bedard jersey do you choose? Is reverse retro 2.0 full poor form, even if it is their best current look? No. Oh, I mean, it's your money. It's, it's your... It's your life. Like, Will do they what you let want. you do that? Huh? Will they let you do a Bedard reverse retro jersey? Why wouldn't they? I guess it depends on where you order it from. Yeah. I mean, unless there's like some dumb rules. That the, the Ducks, Ducks team shop. store is really dumb with doing jerseys. That's, I mean, there's just some weird consistent themes about this organization. And that just, that just fits. That fits the theme. But what I would do personally is wait and see what the jerseys are going to be like next year. Because I think that something is, I think change is coming, and I would then get a Bedard jersey with that. I don't, I wouldn't, pers- like for me personally, I, I don't. I would, I, don't, I would wait for the draft. I think that's the best way to. do I it. don't like getting reverse retros, um, or sorry, I don't like getting a jersey. Not that I really ever buy jerseys, but I wouldn't like getting a jersey with a player's name on it that he, of a jersey he never wore. That that's just that feels like a bit of a jersey foul to me. Yeah, that that's my personal thing is I don't get jerseys with players names on it that did not wear that Jersey. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, my, my thing is let's wait for, uh, wait for the draft. I think that will tell you which Jersey he's going to be wearing because if there is a rebrand by then that it will be announced by that draft because, Oh man, they are going to be selling those jerseys. If that happens like hotcakes. Yeah. So I don't know what a hotcake is. A hotcakes but- like a pancake. Have you but never had a McDonald's hot hotcake? But like selling like hotcakes, that's saying. I just never understood like what is a hotcake. All right. Let, let's Google this. What is a hotcake? Hotcake. Uh it's just a pancake. See, I thought it was like a like a loaf of bread or something. Like a like a like a biscuit or something. No. Like, yeah, a hotcake is like I don't know what the difference is between a hotcake and a pancake, but like McDonald's, if you get pancakes from McDonald's, it's a hotcake. Okay. Like, well, have you never have you never gotten McDonald's pancakes or hotcakes? No. no. All right, here. We, what is a hotcake? It's a pancake. Uh, our crew googled it, and definition of a hotcake is in fact a pancake. There is, however, a subtle difference on how you prepare a hotcake versus a pancake. General pancakes are wide and have a fluffy texture, whereas hotcakes tend to be thicker and denser. Okay. So okay. there you go. Sell them like hotcakes. Consider me intrigued. There you go. Um, oh, no. Someone saying pancakes dot 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 in our Twitch chat. Please pancakes don't. are fine. I, I've got no issue. Please don't. Um, 
All right, 91 Police said, why does Felix hate insert Connor's favorite draft prospect? I don't know. When when did that happen? I don't know. I guess you just hate Connor's favorite draft prospect. I don't even know who his favorite prospect is anymore. I don't know either. There's too I feel many like of it, them. It's a it's a it's a revolving door. It changes every every day. I I'm just gonna push back on that as a whole. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Ducks Jaggernaut said, "Why would Pat Verbeek claim to want to see more effort and toughness in his team while sim- simultaneously forsaking Lord Nicholas Jeff Delorier?" It's a great question. I'm sure there will be there will be people out there who listen to those comments and think, well. You, you can't complain about losing toughness or losing compete when you let go of the most competitive, most tough player in the league and Nick Delorier. Oh, man. So our questions are just all over the place tonight, and I love it. I'm here for it. It's yep. the off season officially. Yeah. Loki G said, um, Euler scored right now. Uh, Loki G said, how does Felix feel about Max Muncie? And is he feeling confident for the Kings Golden Knights series or not Golden Knights, uh, Golden State series? <sighs> Well, the Warriors are up right now, although this is like a very bizarre, frenetic game. Max Muncy, I've got not nice things about to say about Mike, uh, Max Muncy, so I'm just going to keep them to myself. But yeah, he, he kind of owns the Giants. It's it's unfortunate. As far as this Kings-Warriors series, I have Warriors in six. I think the Kings are going to give them a run for their money, but dubs are just better. Dubs better. Man, the amount of Kings jerseys I've been seeing the last few days, cause, you know, living in NorCal, it's like, where were you folks the last 20 years? Where, where were you folks since 2006? I saw some I'm, dude wearing a De'Aaron Fox jersey today that for sure bought it on Fanatics like five days ago. Like, no I mean, chance he actually has owned They've been that bad thing. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, this is how you grow fan bases. You need yeah. to You need Fe- to have... Felix, Felix complaining about people being excited. I mean, like I came to the Warriors because of the 2007 we believe playoff run. Like, so I, I am a fan because of a bandwagon essentially. So, like, that's just how it works. But still, f them Kings. Wow. Like the thing is, the Kings are a great story, and if they were to beat the Warriors, which they won't, I would probably root for them. But because they're playing this team, which is going back to back, I I can't root for them. Sorry. Uh, the Puff said, what do you think the specialty events will be for next season's 30th anniversary? That's, that's a you question. It is a me question. Well, I think for sure they're obviously going to do 30th anniversary Jersey nights. I think that they're probably going to do the warmups again and, and do a different Jersey for every, like a different Jersey from the history for warmups. To be honest, they should just have the NHL, let them wear different jerseys from their history. Like why yeah. not? Like, just do one-off jersey. Who cares? Baseball does it all the time. Yeah. Like, you, you do these one-off jerseys. Like, I think I saw the Padres are going to be doing a one-off jersey. Yeah. And, and like, who cares? People Especially love jerseys. 30, yeah. It sells. Why would you not do this? Like, it. so just do one-off jerseys. I guess the difference is getting all the gear is a little bit different, maybe. But that's still dumb. Like, yeah, it's still, deal with like, it. Like, get gloves. Like, it's not it's that It's just hard. not that hard to produce jerseys. Uh, what do I think the other specialty events will be? Um, Star Wars night. I think Ryan Getzloff gets his number retired. I think Ooh. if Corey Perry retires after the season, Corey Perry gets his number retired. Do, do also you think next if, year. do you think he wants to do it with Perry? Like, I think like, that I don't, I don't, I mean, they might want to do it together. Do the, do the ducks just not let him like, it's like, no, we want you to, we want there to be a Getzloff night. Maybe. 
Does Corey Perry come back? I would personally love that. Just that as would a be fan a great like thirtieth anniversary season. Yeah, ends his career with the Ducks. Like and like, you who, could do worse as a fourth liner. Yeah, like put him there are put him on players. the power play in front of the net. Yeah, I are we, are we trying to will this into existence? Give them some veteran snarl. He actually had really good underlying numbers this season. Holy crap! And he would actually for people that really like think about the the toughness and effort like having Corey perry does that yeah i mean you know other people might use different adjectives than than that but it adds something it adds sandpaper yeah uh so i would love to see Corey perry come back but so getting back to the the themed specialty events i think you're gonna have different warm-up jerseys i think you're gonna have a 30th anniversary jersey I think you're going to have a Getzloff and potentially Perry Jersey retirement night. Um, I think for sure there, I honestly do think there's going to be just a straight up throwback night where they wear Mighty Ducks Jersey. Yeah. Eggplant and Jade I Mighty mean, Ducks uh, Jersey. If, if they don't, it's like, what are you doing here? Like, I think cause the last time they did that was the 20th. And so I think that they'll do that again for the 30th. Yeah. Um, and just, just maybe they'll do multiple throwback nights for that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, so I think that's all I've got off the top of my head. They'll they'll do bobbleheads and that type of shit, but that's wow. not really 30th Harsh anniversary. Words. Is it? Harsh words. Um, all right. Hey, Odiflo said, if the Ducks re-sign Derek Grant, do the CTP and LAP communities stage a coup at Honda Center? Or coup they, at the if, Honda Center? If, if, if the they re-sign Derek Grant? Yeah. There's just no, that's just not happening. I hope refuse, not. Refuse to believe that. Um. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, 91 please said top three hockey sweater numbers above 50. Ooh, above 50. I think 91. I 91. Great year. 91 is a pretty solid jersey, Fantastic jersey number. Year. Uh, I also hate to say it, but 88 is a pretty coveted jersey number. 88's a good one. I've always been partial to 71. 68's a good one. Yeah. Old hat. Yager. Old hat. Now I'm going 71. Gino Malkin, 88. Don't like 88, but I think it's it's coveted. And then 91. I mean Stamkos, Tavares. What about uh, 99? Well, you don't get to wear it. So it's like I'm not going to consider it. What about 69? How many NHL players have worn number 69? Wasn't Gabriel Desjardins one of the last ones? I don't know. I don't know. He, I don't really care to know. He wore but... it on the Sharks, I think. Okay. 74 is a solid one. Shout out to Sergei Kostitsin. Okay. Any, anyway. The, we were asked for three. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, MJK said, what can the Ducks organization learn from the tenure of Dallas Akins? Ooh, that is a great question. Well, I think you can learn that setting a culture matters that how you treat the players matters. I, I think that the players seem to genuinely like Aikens, at least for the most part. Um, but at the same time, you cannot let that cloud your judgment. Like, yes, it's, it's well and good that you can set this nice culture and that, you know, you have fun taglines on your shirts for training camps and hashtags and blah, blah. But if the dude doesn't know puck, if he can't make the right calls, if, if he can't 
make the if he can't pick the right lines, if he's consistently making poor roster decisions, that matters more. That is that is a bigger priority yeah. than everything else. Yep. And you stole exactly what I was gonna say. Oh. I was gonna say culture matters, but it cannot be the priority. You, you know what helps your a... culture is winning. And you know yes. what helps winning is making the right roster decisions. And I think also having a good system in place. I think yep. culture culture cannot replace good tactics and good systems. Logan with a good point here in our chat. Retire thirty five. Maybe. Maybe. Why don't happens. you let people in on your, your Jaguar hate? We've talked about it so many times here. <laughs> we have what some hate? new listeners, probably. What what hate? There's no hate. You're you're adamant that 35 should not go up. I'm adamant because also I don't think 27 should go up. Yeah, or should have gone up. But yeah. I have said if 27 is up, 35 should go up. Also, my personal opinion is that neither should be up though. 35 before 27. Agreed. Don't yes. disagree with that. Anyway, let's continue on. So just throw me under the bus there, I guess. It's, Loki it's G said, Jake, uh, who are your three favorite wrestlers right now? Uh, Hangman Adam Page is for sure one. Um, uh, I think he's my top one. He's my ride or die. Just so relatable. Um, and then, I mean, it's hard to go against Kenny Omega. Also, every single match he has is just an Are these your banger. personal favorites or your ranking? My personal favorites. Okay. Um, and then I think I also have to go Brian Danielson. Maybe these are, are cop outs going three or two of the best wrestlers in the world, but two of the best wrestlers in the world. Plus my personal favorite who I just relate to so much, uh, with the way he gives his promos and everything. Let's go with those three. Maybe I could sub out Brian Danielson for Keith Lee. I have no opinion here. So, all right. Um, up at AG on the topic said, Felix, your top three favorite wrestlers right now. Oh no, I don't, I don't have three. I couldn't even can name you, you. Can you name three that I did not just name? I don't think I can. You've popped into our, our wrestling Cody. chat. Okay. Cody. So you've got one. Okay. Cody, um, Logan Paul. Okay. You've made <laughs> Does two. Does that count? Does Logan Paul count? I mean, he has wrestled. It's a bit of a. Sure bit of a cop-out answer sure but. i you have two can you name a third um ray mysterio's son What's i mean you name? could have also just said ray mysterio well yeah but current wrestlers is ray mysterio still wrestling <laughs> yes he is okay, he wrestled ray- his son at wrestlemania okay ray mysterio then there you go <laughs> okay there you go you you got three out Boom. at least i'm impressed Boom. Not real. I shouldn't be that impressed because one of them was Logan, Logan Paul. Paul. Is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not exactly a real choice. No. Um. All right. Uh, you know, it's, Lou- you know, it's bad when you're seen as a fake wrestler within wrestling. <laughs> like, you've done something wrong if if yeah. that's the feedback on you. All right, Lewis X two hundred nine said, "Man, I love this time of year. NHL and NBA playoffs are in full gear. The weather is changing, and baseball is baseballing. Question: Why is Alfredo sauce bad?" It's not. They're okay, but I will acknowledge that there's bad Alfredo sauce out there. It can be I too can't creamy. I can't say I've ever gone out of my way to get Alfredo sauce. It has its place. You know, it's 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 like on a rainy day if you're just out of ideas, but it's it's not necessarily like it's not awesome. It's not yeah. it's not a go-to for me, but it can be good. Uh, in our Twitch chat, I just need to give reference to this. Gen- Genki Horiguchi is barber, or Horiguchi's barber, uh, said, Adrenaline in my soul. Felix names guys who wrestle. Sorry, just needed to do that. 
what just happened i don't know it's cody rhodes theme song in the tune of cody room okay gang i don't oh i can say ganky okay i'll go with that from now on um all right uh or maybe it's janky i don't know who knows uh jared said ah spring is here the sky is blue warmer weather is upon us the birds are chirping and everywhere is bursting with flowers and fruit with that in mind why is it that we continue to have mr lewis ludwig x209 continue to post awful food takes also why are pancakes terrible what's with these freaking preambles it's great i love it (laughs) um yeah i mean so two things on that look if we didn't have lou's bad takes then what what would we talk about like i i personally need lou to take attention away from some of the things i say because i can only deal with so much pushback on a daily basis um secondly pancakes are great like let's not let's not go there they're they're so good let's not go there they're they're absolutely fantastic we should not uh throw any shade at pancakes nope. this is a pancake friendly podcast yeah um ideally right. gluten-free we'll say that all right sp84 said uh the ducks have uh three second round picks do you believe uh all three second round picks will be made or do you believe verbeek could make an attempt to trade up into the back half of the first round with two of those picks i kind of see them just using those picks i think that this is this is kind of like where this is where martin madden makes his hay is is in those second round picks and i i just can't really see them maybe they'll tr- they'll try to trade up but i i think likelier than not they'll they'll stay in that range by the way i need to just mention this in our twitch chat knives million seven said waffles are way better than pancakes nah. i actually don't disagree with that take waffles i think are a superior form of a similar thing i don't know if nah. way better but they are better duck shack Wa- but waffles better than pancakes yeah that's a silly take why that's a silly take. They're similar, but waffles are better. They're fluffier. They're not they, better they, in any way. They, they're, they're, they're just whatever. The way the syrup soaks into them is better because it sits in the pockets. It's no. just better. Just better. Pancakes are better. Better but, delivery method. Duck Jagannaut saying, but French toast is better. That you have an argument. French toast is fantastic. Waffles are the best form. No. French toast is still good, though. French toast blows waffles out of the water. Just incorrect. No contest. Just incorrect. Uh, SP80. Thank you, Nick. Waffles are better than pancakes. Tim the Tapman. Great reference. Great reference. <laughs> and I'm singing that now in my head. Um, App AG. People are just getting me today with references. I'm loving it. Uh, App AG said, if every team was fully healthy the entire way through up until the last minute of the cup finals, which team would win the cup? I said Edmonton in my bracket. And I'm sticking to it. If everyone was fully healthy. Edmonton. I'm trying to think about what teams have big injuries. Like, th- that's that's a Colorado question. Yeah, I think Colorado, if they were fully healthy. Really? Does Gabe Landeskog just, like, shift the tables that much? A little bit. Nah. Uh, Jared asked, have we underrated both the Wild and the Stars? I think we've underrated the Stars a bit. I don't think anyone's really underrating the wild i mean if anything the wild they're like overrated two zero yeah. oilers by the way yep just saw that my uh, oilers <laughs> uh shake and wink said favorite take the other person has had <laughs> wow uh, uh pancakes are good let's just go with that because it's the most recent that i can think of my favorite take that you've had yeah i do like the the 35 shouldn't go up take because that pisses a lot of people off <laughs> And it's, fu- and it's funny seeing people <laughs> react to that. 
And it's Thanks. just funny seeing you have to just deal with that. I, so, I see. I see. So I'm going to go with you hating John Sebastian Zuguera's family. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. All right. We're going to go to Twitter now and then we'll go to Twitch and YouTube. Uh, BB, uh, KBB24 uh, said, question, with May the 8th being the Duck Super Bowl, if they get third, are you going Leo or over Matt Vey? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think so. you just have to. Um, Brad, at you, UH Angels fan, said, John Gibson to Ottawa? Yeah, that came up in 32 Thoughts, not really as like a, this is a thing that I think is going to happen, just like Elliot Freeman throwing ideas out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would it would make sense for the Sens. Like, they're in a win-now stage of their yeah. franchise. What um, would they be willing to give up? That's the yeah, question. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know who you would target if you're the if you're the Ducks. I mean, because how many more defensive prospects can you really bring in? Uh, because, I mean, the, the Sens still do have some of those, but I, I don't know. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, Hockey South uh, asks us, what defensive pair are you excited about uh, next fall? I mean, it's a boring answer, but I'm just excited to see Jamie Drysdale back on the ice with whoever he plays, which probably will be Camp Fowler. So I, that would be that would be my answer. I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to go with Olin Zellweger, Jamie Drysdale as a pair, and that pair. Oh man, that I would be shocked if that happens, but that would be a lot of fun. I mean, we don't know who the coach is, so it's hard to say it, like to be shocked with any pairing. It's just two younger defensemen, one rookie. Like it's just a lot for for any coach to just sign off on. Maybe we'll but see. Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. I mean, they could go with Lacombe Hellison as a pair, and then that would be Zell- a lot of fun. And then I mean, we've Zell- already seen that. <laughs> then do Zellweger, Shattenkirk, Fowler, Drysdale. Like that would probably be the actually yeah, the right. Maybe way to, I'm missing something, it. but I don't think this. The Sens don't really have a lot of forward prospects that no. I'm seeing here. Yeah. I mean, that that's honestly probably the best way to build it. You have – because Lacombe and, and Hellison played a little bit together in those two games. Yeah. Not significant, but, I mean, though, if you're going to put two rookies together, putting those two that are more so older rookies together would be the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then Hockey South said, top six winger to trade for this summer, not named Jesper Bratt. Man, people are just people are on to us. Yeah, I don't like that. You you figure that one out. Oh God damn it! I wanted you to go for it. I'll I'll start looking people up. Okay. How about, how about that? I'll start moving on to the next question as you're looking, and I'll answer it. Okay. Um, Trevor Z. <laughs> wow. So I just got conned. <laughs> you did. Uh, I know we briefly talked about this, but especially with Friedman talking about Gibson trades in back-to-back episodes and Dostal seeming uh, ready to be an NHL starter, how likely do you think? that uh, Gibson at 50% retained for picks and or prospects to New Jersey is a thing. I think it's an option. I think it depends on how Vitek Vanacek uh, does in the playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. I think if they lose in the first round to the Rangers and goaltending is their Achilles heel, I think that you could very much see a John Gibson trade go to, to New Jersey. And I don't even know if you would need to – I don't know about retention. And I don't think you want to retain on that deal either. No. Not at 50%. That's a long time. That's a long time to retain. I think that you, if you retain, it's a very small amount. Um, but I, I think that that is that would be the way to go. And so maybe that is the the framework of a Jesper Bratt deal. Yep. Um, two, if Andrew Brunette became available, would you uh, like to see him? Uh, or uh, would you like to see him named as the coach? 
And do you think it's likely that he becomes available? Well, he is for sure available because it's written within his contract that uh, he is eligible to leave the Devils for a head coaching gig in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And so right when the uh, Devils are eliminated, he can start interviewing for jobs. Um, I think that he is the most like – he is the person in the NHL currently that I would like to see the most, most yeah. behind the Ducks bench. Yeah. By the way, a name I'll throw out there. Okay. Evan Rodriguez, the Ducks almost signed him last offseason. Well, that one, it, that's not a trade. Wasn't it a one-year deal that he signed? No, I'm talking about the earlier question about UFAs. Which winger? It was about top six winger to trade for. Oh, to trade for? Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, too much work. <laughs> Jesper Bratt's the one that comes to mind. I can't think of any, another name that's been in trade rumors necessarily, though. Yeah, me neither. Um, I mean... It most likely would probably be a guy that's an RFA if you want to look up RFAs, Felix. Alex Debrinkat. That I mean, someone brought what it if up. He, what if he doesn't want to be a send? I mean, someone brought it up. Yeah, what happens if he he tells them that I'm not going to sign? Yeah. Once I hit a a a, a UFA. Status. If you're the Ducks, are you willing to pay a, a Meyer type package? So we should have addressed this because we haven't really. But it's a good point about Andrew Brunette. But Fired Carl asked, does Brunette's DUI impact the Samueli's willingness to hire him, especially given what happened with Murray? Uh, well, what's the status of his case? That's the question, because I think he's, he, wasn't it he claimed that he wasn't driving the golf cart at that point in time? I mean, until that's actually resolved, I just don't think that that should play a part. Yeah. Um, all right. And last one, aside from Jesper Bratt. Oh, wow. Just another player to sign uh, or trade for this offseason. So Evan Rodriguez, there you go. Wow. You reaping the, the, the rewards of yeah. my hard work. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into our Twitch and YouTube chat. If you have questions and you're in our Twitch or YouTube chat, please throw those questions in there so that I can find them. I know that there were some posted earlier, but just for ease, please repost them so I can find them. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can find us. Uh, we will be going live throughout summer, typically on Mondays at 7 p.m. Um, kind of off and on. Our schedule is going to be all over the place, but we'll tweet it out, and it will be Mondays at 7 when we do go live. Um, and you can find us at twitch.tv slash crash where you have, uh, if you have Amazon prime, you get one free Twitch prime gaming sub each and every month. And you can be just by du- just like ducks Jaggernaut who resubscribed, uh, for, or has subscribed for seven months. So thank you so much, Eric. Um, or if you prefer YouTube, because I get it, I do like YouTube also, uh, you can watch us over there at youtube.com slash crash And if you want to subscribe to our channel, that helps out immensely like our videos, everything like that to build us up so that basically if you search for the Ducks or anything like that, we come up a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, and can get this podcast out to more people. Um, all right, so let's go to these questions. Not a real Duck said, do you think former Duck and Bruin assistant uh, Joe Sacco is a good option to be the Ducks coach? Yeah, that just seems like a retread because he's. I think he's been a head coach. Yeah, he was a coach in Colorado. Yeah, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm iffy on that. Unless he uh, can bring Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak with him, I'm just not really sure how much he'll change things. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jay Height 368 do Ducks fans unfairly malign Kevin Chattenkirk? Uh, I think he's a, become a bit of a whipping boy, and he's not as bad as, like, he's not as bad as the criticism would suggest. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I think Derek Grant gets, like, very little criticism from most Ducks fans, and he he would be much more deserving of it. So yes, 
Uh, Jhight368 also said, too, do you guys think the Samuelis are good owners? Yeah, I think so. I think that I do too. They they spend. They're willing to spend. They stay out of the way. They portray a good image for the franchise. My they only problem. They care about the grassroots. My only issue is that they kind of let. I mean, it's a bit of a black mark that they let Bob Murray be around as long yeah. as he did with what we know now. Yep. And I think they have to wear that a little bit. And I think that just shows that like they're very trusting and they're very maybe slow to kind of make a change and so that's problematic but overall i mean you could do a lot worse than the samuelis as your owners yes i i think that overall yes i think that is a black mark it's something that definitely has to be be mentioned and i think from that perspective it, it's it's almost um it's almost hands off to a fault yeah, but I, I think I would rather that in some ways there there's pros and cons rather that than an Aquilini type ownership that is meddling with everything and yeah. thinking they know everything about hockey when they don't. And I think one of the most important things for the Samuelis is they care about the game, they care about the community, and I think for a, a non traditional market, growing the game because you look at what they they've care done, about that what they've done since they took over. The Ducks had I think one rink. When they took over, I think it was just Disney Ice at the time when they bought the team. And they had gone out of their way to to take over so many different rinks with Westminster Ice, with uh, Yorba Linda Ice, with Lakewood Ice, with getting rinks down in San Diego. I mean, they even, with, they even with, added roller roller hockey rinks. Yeah. Huntington, and, Irvine. And Huntington, Irvine, Corona. and Well, they didn't they, actually build the one in Irvine. They, but, but they they bought them and, and took them over. Yeah. They may, I mean, that's them. the only reason that there, that there's no way that rink is making money. And so, and they, they do all, and they built great park. They have their learn to play program. That's how I got into hockey in the first place. These little yeah. programs. We might not have just, this podcast without the same like, That is what gets you into hockey and gets you on the ice, gets you on all these things. And it, it's all about growing the game. And I mean, bringing the goals to San Diego, you talk about, I mean, there was the podcast with Sean Shapiro where he, when he was on the PDO cast talking about how, the for instance the st louis blues owner just doesn't see a need to buy an ahl team because he doesn't think it's worth it and doesn't think it it's worth his money to do that and the samuelis on the other hand thought it was worth it to include and grow the game in san diego and and so these things where sure we we can obviously talk about the the black mark but i think that all of that does more for the global game of hockey it outweighs southern california it outweighs the murray issue yeah exactly so, uh, yeah, uh, let's see uh, what other questions we've got. This from Retflow in our YouTube chat. How much do the Ducks sign Grant for? Please just they no. don't. No, they don't. Uh, Logan Montgomery said, can you do a top 10 mock draft plus second round? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we can do top four. On I, a future episode, we will. Future episode, especially for the second round pick. Uh, oh, after the draft lottery. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. We'll, we'll do it then. We'll see if we can get maybe an insider on to talk through it a little bit um, yep. or a draft expert on around then. Um, Jake said, if the Ducks get either Bedard or Fantilli, does this make it more or less likely Henrique is traded in the summer? I don't think so. I mean, maybe if you get Connor Bedard, but I think the Henrique situation is going to unfold this summer i believe because actually that was one thing that was mentioned on 32 thoughts yeah. is somewhat noteworthy was that there's a lot of interest there was a lot of interest in henrique at the deadline and so could that rematerialize over the summer we shall see yep 
I saw a question earlier in our YouTube chat, and I might as well bring it up. But it was about would you guys go Carlson or Fantilli at two? And I think it, it, it's obviously Carl, or, or, obviously Fantilli. Yeah. Whoops. Um, yeah. And then Retflow also asked, how many points for the Ducks in 23-24 with or without 98? Let's just say how many more wins do you think Bedard adds to this team on his own? Like, I don't want to say something that's going to be like, totally wrong because i don't say pay, five i don't pay attention to war stats but yeah probably i was gonna say five to six yeah so something somewhere in that range okay uh reagan's said sign trade release um using Derek grant sam carrick simon benoit oh my gosh um sign wait tra release Derek or release Derek grant <laughs> sign sam carrick Trade Simon Benoit. Yeah. I mean, at this go. point, I mean, trading is very similar to releasing. Yeah. yeah. But Just get I him mean, off the team. Yeah. I guess I would trade Grant because maybe he'll have more value than Benoit, but who knows? Whichever whichever of those players has the most value, you trade them, and then you sign Sam Carrick. Yep. So I guess that means whichever of Grant or Benoit has more value. Yep. Um. So I think that's going to do it for tonight for us. I don't see any more questions. Uh, oh, we got one more in uh, Discord. Would Radko Dudas be a good addition to this blue line next year on a one-year deal? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like his brand of hockey because I feel like he walks that line of dirty, and I don't really like that. But just in terms of his on-ice play, I think that he could be kind of a good stopgap stabilizing veteran for a year. So... There's my yep. thoughts. Yep. 32 years old, so I would really be wary of giving him a term. Yeah. Um, and then DM Warden on Twitter asks, any thoughts on who the next captain will be? It's going to be Troy Terry. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, all right. Yeah. I think we're done. We didn't get in at 15 minutes, Felix. It's okay. But we're we're, we're within the standard three. error. Yeah. But on that note, Thank you for listening, everyone. Really appreciate all the questions and the the chat was buzzing tonight. You know, we had a lot of people, yeah, in there busy episode in, for our live stream. So thank you so much, yeah. To everyone. So this is a lot of fun and hoping to have. You know, I think we're gonna have a busy summer. I think there's gonna be a lot to talk about. Yes. So definitely stay tuned. Um, if you want to help support us, there's a few easy ways for you to do that. Uh, number one, go check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/CrashThePond. For one dollar a month, you get access to our Discord server, which is just the best especially this time of year with so much going on um, in multiple sports you can talk about food it's a great community for five dollars a month you get access to two bonus podcasts and we just recorded one yesterday on sunday uh doing our first round playoff predictions and that was a lot of fun that actually got me a little fired up for for the first round so go check that out you get two bonus podcasts a month and we kind of go more league wide um, and we're also a bit more unfiltered as you may find out uh, towards the end of that episode. <laughs> I, forgot, um, I forgot what we we said, but okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Um, and then... Oh, oh, oh now, now you remember. <laughs> and then another way to support us, I mean, it's really easy. Just go to Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a rating and a review. We'll read it on the show. We really appreciate those. You can find us wherever uh, you listen to your podcast, though, whatever listening app you're using. We're on Spotify. Uh, leave us a rating there. Uh, also find us on YouTube for the video format of the show. You can see my great Warriors basketball in the background there. Surprised you didn't say anything about that. I'm very bummed. The one alteration to my background. You didn't say anything background. about my great hat. Yeah, I did. I literally did. You? Did you? 
Yes, you don't listen to me. Um, mm. Anyway, so check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Subscribe there. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so help us out. Um, on top of that, you can also check out the sportingtribune.com. Uh, great coverage from Derek Lee on the Anaheim Ducks and currently on the LA Kings yeah. as well. Go support him. This is a very good payoff for him to be able to to go cover the Kings games and Kings yeah. passes when they're at home. He earned so it for sure. Make sure to read his work. Support him. Yep. And I've got an article up there, so you can read that. Jake will, I'm sure, be writing some stuff over the summer. Mm-hmm. And on that note, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, it's We said it on the last pod, but it's been a fantastic season and a lot more to talk about over the next few months. On that note, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.